Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. It's your free throws because they're free. Fisher to Sopolis. It is World Series Day. The Texas Rangers take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. And we have a very special guest. Truthfully, one of the most electric voices in baseball. For a long time now, we've been a fan he had the Arizona Diamondbacks steals record for a while. Corbin Carroll just broke it in great fashion. He had an unbelievable season in 07. If you are a fantasy baseball junkie like me, you know what I'm talking about in 07. This guy did it. was an absolute category killer. Triple digits in home runs in his career. Triple digits in stolen bases. 11-year career. Arizona Diamondbacks, great. Great on the mic once again. Eric Burns, thank you for joining us. What's up, dude? Yeah, that is one of the things that I'll still hear from people. Uh, about my playing career was the 07 season, which, and I didn't play fantasy, obviously, back in the day when I was playing, but the 50 stolen bases and the 20-plus homers were just, uh, I mean, cha-chings in that fantasy world. <laughs> and it's funny because I'll do the same thing where I'll run into like an old football player, like Maurice Jones-Drew or something. I'll be like, dude, you slaughtered it for me in fantasy this one year, man. Won me the ship and yeah, yeah, yeah. And isn't that crazy how fans' minds work? It is, and I've that's how I got into sports playing fantasy baseball. So your stat line of 100-plus runs, 20-plus homers, and 50 steals has always stuck in my mind. So for the, all the fantasy baseball players over the decades, I, I once again give you a massive thank you. Uh, the Diamondbacks have been the underdog, a team you played for for a while throughout this entire playoffs. They were thought to be a sneaky team, but no one really gave them you know the proper due to get to the World Series, take down the Dodgers, take down the Phillies. But, you know, being down 2 nothing, being down 3-2, getting into Philadelphia didn't really scare them. The bullpen absolutely stepped up and delivered, as did their rookie pitcher. Uh, sell me this pen, man. Why do you think the Diamondbacks can take down the Rangers lineup, the Rangers pitching staff who's got a lot of experience? Yeah, so one of my good buddies is a guy by the name of Dan Heron, pitched a long time in the big leagues. Oh, yeah. And I was texting back and forth with him the other day because he's a pitching strategist for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I congratulated him, dude, incredible run, keep it rolling. And he got back to me and he goes, well, look, he said, what's so amazing about this is that that Diamondbacks pin has one guy that consistently throws over 91 miles per hour. And it's Kevin Ginkle. That's mm-hmm. it. Everybody else is like 91. You have Thompson coming from the side at 91. You got their closer, Paul Sewell. He was a castaway. The Mariners yeah. got rid of him. They're like, dude, we don't want you anymore. Go ahead and, you know, go to Arizona. Like the Mariners were, they were in it towards, you know, all the way down to the stretch too. So Seawald then comes in and a couple shaky outings, but you watch him pitch. He's got balls of steel. He does not care. He will go right at guys. With 90-mile-per-hour fastballs, he'll pitch up in the zone. He's got that ride to his ball that it stays up. So there's a thing called perceived velocity. It's a really big deal. And we always knew it when I played. There was just no way to quantify it. But basically, it's from where you release the ball and then your spin rate. Mm -hmm. And there were guys 
for example, Rafael Betancourt that threw yeah. 93, 94 miles per hour, but his perceived velocity in my mind was closer to 100. And the reason why, and I didn't figure this out until later, I was working at MLB Network, he had the number one spin rate in all of baseball. And so one of the reasons why I walked away from the game was we were facing Rafael Betancourt in Albuquerque at the very end of spring training. And he threw three balls right down the dick, just right there. And I, <laughs> I, swung, I swung through all three of them. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, seriously? I can't catch up to a 93-mile-per-hour fastball anymore. Maybe I shouldn't be playing this game. Well, fast forward, and I had a great spring training, too. So fast forward a month, I went three for 33, got released by the Mariners. I was deciding whether or not I still want to play. I had two offers to still play. And my third offer was from ESPN to go do some college baseball games. I took the college baseball games and I figured that was time to move on because Raphael Betancourt shoving 93 mile per hour fastballs right by me. I'm done. Well, I come to find out because later that summer I'm working at MLB network yeah, and they had this new fancy stat called spin rate and Raphael Betancourt had the number one spin rate in all of baseball. <laughs> I'm like, Oh shit, man, maybe I should go back and play now. It's I, not I me. It's you, baby. It it's not yeah. me. It's you type of thing. Yeah. I so, mean, it's, there's so many more stats like that make, it's almost like a new type of money ball, the way you're talking about it, right? Like you, yeah. you, it's, it's a movie and it's a concept that everyone knows so well, talking about guys, like just guys that get on base, right? And, you know, we look at these pitchers who throw triple digits, but it's almost how is it perceived by the batter? Like spin rate has also become such an important stat. So, yeah, maybe there is a guy throwing in the low 90s, but the batter doesn't see it like that. So the spin rate, we see a lot of guys, you know, have the most success in baseball who have the highest spin rates. Uh, and, that, and that's why it's jumped up. And, and you got to give kudos to Hazen and, and the front office uh, of the Diamondbacks and what they've done this year. I mean, bringing in Seawald, great pickup. The trade for uh, Varsha, like people like, okay, that was a really good trade by the by the Blue Jays. And he ha he did play well, but Gurriel and Gabriel Moreno was an absolute snap. Stud. Stud. Like you – it really just puts such an amazing emphasis on how important defense framing and, and, and arm strength is behind the dish. And, and he's tops in all of those. I know, I know the Rangers have five guys nominated for the gold glove award, but, but the Diamondbacks have three and, and all those guys are unbelievably underrated. You could throw Christian Walker in the all underrated team realistically. Yep. And I, I, I think ultimately like, look, the Phillies have the same firepower lineup, right? as the Rangers do. And the Rangers didn't just, you know, escape at Houston. They beat the crap out of them in the last two games. So the lineup is one through nine, very tough. But I think like what you're saying with the bullpen, if Gallon can pitch the way we know he can, and Kelly can continue to, you know, throw out really good and decent games, I think they have a shot. Yeah, they have a shot. There's no question about that. I think this is going to be a fantastic World Series. I would not be shocked if it goes seven games. If I were to actually pick a number, that's what I'd pick. I, that I, I don't know. I don't, I can't confidently say one side or the other, uh, maybe because Texas has home field advantage, but we've proven that uh, teams have proven that that doesn't mean much. I think there's something to be said for playing on the road and, and feeling relaxed. And especially with say Houston, for example, they embrace the villain role. They love the villain role. And you saw Guriel and the rest of the Diamondbacks do the same thing in Philly where you have to fear the man and the team that has nothing to lose. 
And when they went back to Philadelphia and they were able to get that six, you know, game six and game seven there, if they lost, it didn't matter. Philly had everything to lose. And so for every out that was made, dude, you could see the guys, the sawdust coming off the fucking bat, man. Like they were just, (laughs) and that's the thing when you're going to rely on the long ball and the long ball doesn't come. You need dudes getting on base. You need guys ripping bags. You have to create runs. You have to fight for that 90 feet. And the Phillies did not have the ability to do it. They just didn't. If they weren't hitting homers, they weren't winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I want to ask you this question just in the scope of like how the rest of MLB media is talking about this World Series, this matchup. MLB fans at large talking about how this is a this matchup is bad for baseball I'll throw a couple of stats your way eb and then and then get your thoughts on it but these are just regular season stats and i know it's not necessarily indicative of who these teams have been in the postseason but i think it gives it, it paints a good picture of why this matchup is so enticing to me at least as a baseball fan is because it's almost like we're getting from the from the offensive side of the ball like two completely different approaches one mm. being this kind of new wave, like let's get the ball out of the ballpark. And another that's more of, if you were to cross sport it to football, like the dink and dunk, right? Like the, mm. the get guys on base and capitalize uh, with, with runners on base and, and steal a lot of bags, small ball, right? Like the Diamondbacks were, they led the league in triples, the rarest play in baseball, right? They, they were second in stolen bases, but they had the highest steal percentage of any team. The Reds had 190 steals, but got caught 48 times. The Diamondbacks, 166 steals, but only got caught 26 times. They were first in sack bunts, 36. They had eight more than any other team in the MLB. And then on the opposite, they have the fourth least strikeouts by hitters. And then on the opposite side, the Rangers were top three in home runs, RBIs, OPS, slug, and second in average. So... It's two completely different approaches, and I think that for me as a baseball fan makes it that much more exciting. Are you are you absolutely pumped about this matchup? Because I feel like people are kind of shitting on it, and they shouldn't be. Yeah, I thank you. Hold on a second. My daughter just brought me a smoothie. Very nice. What's in it? I'm good. What's in it? Banana, strawberry, frozen strawberries, strawberry yogurt. So a lot of strawberry, a lot of banana. Nice. Nutritious. And orange juice. There we go. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, as far as the matchup <laughs> concerned, I would I would say that I'm excited about the matchup as I would be any other matchup that you could have given us. And mm. I don't care if it was the Yankees and the Dodgers. This is going to be awesome baseball. So as far as all the MLB fans as you mentioned, that are shitting on this World Series. I just put my double middle finger up to these guys, wherever the camera is, there it goes, and <laughs> say, look, suck on it. I, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> yeah. this is, these are the two best teams. This is the way baseball is going to be played from now on. It's going to reward teams that put the ball in play. It's going to reward teams that get hot at the right time. It's going to reward teams that can fight for that 90 feet that could steal that base. This should reward teams that make the plays defensively. That is great baseball. I think this is going to be a fantastic matchup. It's two evenly matched teams. I, you know, to get used to the same teams every year, like, look, all due respect to the Astros, they, they've put together an absolute dynasty. I mean, seven NL- ALCS 
Ridiculous. appearances in a row. It's, it's just insane to think about. But it's nice to have that fresh blood in there. So I don't know how many people are going to watch this, and I don't really give a shit how many people are going to watch it. I know I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be here tonight on No Filter Network doing a live alternative broadcast. No. The game's going to be on in the background right here. I'm going to be calling the game play-by-play, -play, live reaction. Right. It's interactive, be bringing people in and out. Chat will be firing. That's what I care about. That matters to me. That's that's why we do this. I mean, that's it's 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 awesome. So you know the outside perception and world and everyone else saying they're not going to watch. Fuck them. I don't care. Do you think what kind of joy have you found in the unfiltered network? Because you started with ESPN, you're on MLB Network, but what kind of voice? And we've seen it with some other shows in baseball. And not, not to poo-poo MLB Network because there's a lot of guys in there that I really like, but it's obviously a bit more buttoned up, and baseball is considered a bit more buttoned up sport. How important do you think is something like Unfiltered Networks, other networks that we're seeing pop up that kind of you know take the gloves off and just kind of piss on the hands, no batting glove style, yeah. like rip it and rip it? I, I love that, yeah. Um, look, I think the number one thing that any of us can – hope to achieve in the broadcasting world is authenticity. And does that mean that I have to come on here and cuss and whatever? No, it has nothing to do with it. But in order to get the absolute authentic, real breakdown and analysis of how I perceive the game, how Will Clark perceives the game, how Jeremy <laughs> Roenick would watch a hockey game, you have to have that. And yeah. no matter what anyone tells you, oh yeah, we give you the freedom and this and that bullshit. I, I work, I've worked for ESPN. I've worked for Fox. I've worked for MLB network. I work for all of them. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the experiences that they have provided me and they have 100% honed me into being the broadcaster that I am today. So essentially though, with that, with learning how to be a broadcaster and then taking it that step, that next step where, okay, I can't say what I want. And it's not, you have to be really careful guys. And, and I, I got caught in this trap a little bit. Don't just say things to say things. Don't say things for dramatic effect. Yeah, Don't course. say things because you want to, you know, start this controversy or anything else. If you do that, no one's going to listen. Say things because it's pure and real and truth in your mind. Now, sometimes truth in your mind might not be the actual truth, but you can deal with that. Have the balls to go ahead and say how you feel. Now, working for MLB, it's tough to do that. And a couple years ago, and it was great is because we've blown up on social uh, probably in, I say, the, the last 12 months. And a lot of people are like, oh, I love No Filter Network, love No Filter, amazing, this and that. We've been at this for a few years now. So it's taken us a minute to try to figure out, okay, where do we go with this? And the fact that you now see more of these shows, not only in the baseball world, but obviously the Manning cast and Peyton knew all about and knows all about no filter. And this is the irony that he started the Manning cast on ESPN. That's what they were trying to do. He tried to do basically like, okay, this is what no filters doing. What if we did this, but, we can get in front of millions of people doing the same thing, obviously without the F-bombs and everything else. That, that matters, and that's important. That's why you're seeing this crazy influx 
of this type of broadcast. I just read an article uh, the other day, a former colleague of mine at MLB Network, Scott Braun, they have a show that they do. I think it's called Foul Territory. Yeah, that's who I was referring to. That's it, yeah. They do. Look, Scott and I are super tight. Everything that they do is what we do. As a matter of fact, I we want Foul Territory to come to No Filter Network because we're, we're also a platform. Like, we're basically, like anyone could come on our platform and create. And that's our concept is anybody, anytime. So we're not just limiting the creators to, you know, such as it. Now, we, there's only a certain amount of stuff that we promote. Sure. But as far as creation, we're a content creation platform. Foul territory, that's right up our fucking alley. That's exactly everything that we're about. So, you know, if we can consolidate these things and get them working together in the right way, then I think this sort of media is, it's not, I don't think, I know this sort of media is going to be the future. 100%. Yeah. Power, power and power and numbers, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I, I apologize. I had before my coffee, I was calling it unfiltered, but no, it's filter. right. it's, no, it's just, just, there's no filters. The whole point. Uh, exactly. Burnsy. I, and again, like, you know, we love what you're doing um, before we let you rock and roll, man. Uh, we do something called the two minute drill on our show. And these are just really quick hitters. So boom answers. All right. You can Love elaborate it. if you want, but they're really just boom answers. Okay. Uh, first one, where does Otani go? <sighs> Dodgers. Ooh. Okay. Best pitcher you ever faced other than Raphael Betancourt. <laughs> Bing Young Kim. Nice. Really? I think we spoke about him yesterday. Good answer. 98, uh, fr- 98 from down here in his prime horrible. with a Frisbee slider going from screen to screen. Horrible. <laughs> Insanity. Uh, Mount Rushmore of guys since 2000, since you came in the league, who's the Mount Rushmore of players? Could be pitchers and hitters. Oh, wow. Uh, Bonds and Clemens, best pitcher. Are they Hall of Famers? Best hitter. Yeah, 100% Hall of Famers. Yeah. I mean, you got all these other roided up guys already in there. Okay. I mean, oh, now we're going to keep those guys. It's, it's stupid. I mean, they dug their grave and they're lying in it, so to speak, but that they were, they were by far the best of the best. Hi, uh, you got to put trout on there. I think he's the best player of, you know, this next generation that's come along and as wild as it sounds. Otani. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was, I was curious if you were going to go there. I poo holes. I thought maybe you'd throw something too, but I, I, I no. great hitter, but great, but it's nah, a great, great baseball player <laughs> all, all around pools. Not, he's not, he's not Otani level. What he's doing is that not trout level. In my opinion, that's his best all around. I mean, those are, those, those are the guys, uh, best player you played with and most underrated player you played with. <sighs> Best all-around player that I played with was probably Miguel Tejada in his absolute prime when he was picking everything in short, making sick plays. The most clutch player that I've ever played with, too, getting the biggest knocks at the biggest time. I think it was the 2002, he was the MVP. Yeah. And... You know, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers and stuff, but he's one of those guys that like, I don't even want to look at numbers because I don't care what the numbers say. I played with the dude and he was a fucking badass. So I put him at the top of that list. I Jason still, Giambi, best hitter by far. I that remember I played Tejada with. in that home run derby. And I was like, wait, this guy can do this too. And I was like, 
but he doesn't do it every time because he doesn't have to. And I was like, wow, that yeah, that's when sandwiched. That's Ichiro. when you know, right? It's like Ichiro. Well, okay. Ichiro was the MVP in 01, but then Tahada in 02, right? And Giambi in 2000. When yeah, you played, and now when you, you had, in Oakland. Well, now you bring up Ichiro. I'd be hard pressed not to put him as the best player too. I just got Ichiro at the back end of his career. Like he was sure, but I also played against him, so I know how good he was in his absolute prime. So he, his name would definitely be in the conversation. He, I was with him and Griffey too, my last year in <laughs> Seattle. But I don't think it's fair to, you know. I, I mean, I'm judging those guys as a fan, and but as far as like guys I played with in the clubhouse who were doing it at the time, yeah, those those uh, Tahada and Giambi were were it. Uh, last couple for you. Um, okay, I'm going to throw some guys out there. You're just going to say Hall of Famer now. Ready? Okay. Votto. Yes. Granky. Yes. Goldschmidt. Who? Paul Goldschmidt. I'd have to look. I don't know. I, I'd have to see. And also, he's not done. So okay, it, it's, he's 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 really good. But I, I kind of have a feeling he might end up in that that territory of Hall of Very Good sort of thing. And you know the. I don't know where he's at with homers right now, but that you get in that three to 400 range and sure. just kind of gets you scratching your head a little bit. I do like him a lot though. And he's a great uh, base runner. Yeah. He's an absolute stud at first base. Just won his MVP last year, which I think will help his case. Yeah. Uh, last two King Felix. Jeez, man. I mean, he was the best pitcher. One of the best pitchers I've ever faced. I, he was absolutely filthy. This guy, would go out before every start too. So was it? <laughs> I went on. I love how these stories are starting to come I mean, that, out in the media. Like Jeff Teague has it been has talking. Be. Yeah, I, that, you, that's the only time I'd hang out with him. Yeah, he'd, kind, way, he'd, he'd be the pitcher that want to go out before his start. It, it, I, Jeff Teague just told the story. I don't know if you know Five Twenty Podcast, Five Twenty Club. They're very similar vein, but basketball. Uh, so check them out as you will do. Yeah, he just told, told stories about how he would go out before certain playing certain players, uh, depending on who was guarding him. Um, and last one, and then Toss, if you want to close us out with the final question, we always ask everybody, Chase Utley. Yes. Uh, teammate of mine at UCLA. Okay. Badass, dude. Badass. Ultimate yeah. gamer. Yeah. One, of, one of the best second basemen ever play. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. EB, we always ask all of our guests the same question. Can be you playing, watching, what is your favorite sports memory? Oh, dropping 56 in an eighth grade basketball game. Beautiful. <laughs> scoring, Beautiful. scoring four touchdowns in my high school football playoff game. Wow. Freak athlete. You were that athlete then. Yeah. Not to make you toot your own horn, but. I, I, no, I clearly. definitely was. I, I have my own style. I was very explosive. Yeah. And that was, I tell my kid because my kid's really smooth. Yeah, I mean, he's way better at baseball now at 12 than I ever was at that age. But we're like, we're, we're kind of different athletes where he's, he's the guy, like he's a really good pitcher too. And I, I was a kid that, you know, when I was 12, I threw 70 and I, it was going off the backstop. So I had no <laughs> idea where it's going, but it's, yeah, it was certain things, but I wasn't, it was interesting because I didn't have a great shot. And the story with the 56 is that I, I would average 20 a game. I had played with two other guys that averaged 20 as well. And we had a really good eighth grade basketball team, a small school too. And the one guy, 
would just hit threes, right? And then we had the other guy as a center. He ended up being the California high school state basketball player of the year, Joe Cavanaugh's name. And then he went to Villanova and ended up playing football, even though the basketball team wanted to walk on his football scholarship, whatever. But I didn't have a great shot, but I, I was fast. So I would just run by people and go up for the easy layups every time, right? Just yeah. slash and dash. That was it. Yeah. 28 well, layups. Well, <laughs> it, not, not, not this game because I went to Andrew Garcia, who he played at UCSD uh, hoops, and he was our point guard and just had his silky smooth shot. So I went to him. I'm like, yo, dude, I said, is there any way you can help me with my shot? Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't plan on taking, you know, a bunch of them or anything, but I like, I got it. Like, I got to get a little bit better. And he goes, look, use your knees, use your knees, straighten your elbow. That's it. He's like, you and I would, I would shoot from out here. So all of a sudden it's like, boom. Yeah, just okay. Bring that, bring that elbow in. Yeah. Bring the, bring the elbow in. Yeah. And I went off for eight fucking threes. <laughs> and so <laughs> you add that in with, with the yeah. typical, the fast you know, break, 20 the slashing. Thousand to score. Yeah, it's yeah. 56 points. And everyone would say, Oh yeah, big ball hog, whatever. Dude, our other dude, we had uh, Joe Cavanaugh ended up having 30 that game too. We almost scored 100. Jesus. Wow. Jesus. Wow. The big Love it. That's why we asked the, the question. That's why I asked the question. It's yeah. so That's random. Great. Yeah, I, 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 the great question. Uh, well, EB, thank you so much for joining us. No filter is so, so good. If you're listening and you don't know it, you must follow them on Instagram. Their content's great. Go check out their show. Check out the live stream tonight. We'll have to have you back to talk some Savannah bananas because we didn't yeah. talk about that this time. But Jesse Cole came on the show and he's absolutely okay. he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Enjoy guys, the appreciate Enjoy you. the game. We'll see you soon, brother. Yeah, we got to get you guys creating on no filter too. Hey, just hit us up, man. You have my number. Done. See ya. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.